Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, June 6, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are on the chapter Into Action. We are on page 84, the second paragraph beginning on line 8. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, and ending with love and tolerance as our code. Comments will be on these five sentences. Today's readers are reading the text, Harlan G. Reading page 164 is Lulu L. And Heidi B. is our backup reader. Newcomer greeter is Pam R. And the host for the second hour is Barb W. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, June 5th, 2023, is 20,322. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting is 20,323. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Jim Kay to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Jim Kay from Minneapolis, a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us 
and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Jim Kay. I will now ask Sharon B. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning, Sharon B. from New York. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA has such ought never be organized, but we may recreate service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Sharon B. A vision for you, Big Book, oh, sorry. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on into action. We are on page 84, the second paragraph on line 8, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, ending with love and tolerance as our code. Comments will be on these five sentences. 
I will now ask Harlan G. to begin reading. Thanks, Julie. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Well, this is a lot of very simple, very straightforward instruction. And we're going to smash through some of the myths about step 10 in just this little half paragraph. The first thing we're going to notice is continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. These defects of character are something that we worked out in step four. We started working them out in step four. We see their destruction in step four. We review it in step five. In step six and seven, we're going to ask God to remove them. But let's take a look at what we have here. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. So we're going to look again at steps six and seven. So we're looking at four, six, and seven so far. We discuss them with someone immediately. This is going to smash through some of the myth here. Now, the myth about step 10 is it's something that you do at night or it's something that you do in the morning, and that is not true. We discuss it with someone immediately, which brings us back to step five and make amends quickly, steps eight and nine, if we've harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. So we have a reference to step 12 in step 10. And on the previous page, we had a reference to step 11. We're going to ask God in meditation as we make amends. So this leads us to something very, very important and that is the word as. And the word as is we commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past, which means we do it concurrently at the same time. And a lot of people wait to start step 10 till after they're done with step 9. This is a huge mistake for people like me. I need to lean into step 10 because otherwise the fear, the guilt, the shame, the remorse, the anger that I'm going to feel during my uh, fourth step during my ninth step is going to over, not my fourth step, but my ninth step is going to overwhelm me. Step 10 is that pressure relief valve. It's like God's cold shower. What it does is it lessens the toxicity of these pervasive, destructive emotions. And step 10 is something that I will do throughout the day. Step 10 is my ticket to serenity. It gives me that action to take that will lessen the toxicity of these emotions to a point where I will be able to carry on my day without thoughts of food. Because when I'm sick in self, when I'm that angry, when I am that scared, when I'm that filled with all these emotions, food is going to seem like a step up from where I am. Step 10 diffuses that pull to the food, that gravitational pull toward the food. And step 10 is like God's cold shower. 
It is something that I start with my sponsees. The minute we get out of step five, I give them an hour. We do six and seven. That should take less than one minute. Then I start them on eight. And before we even talk about step nine, I start them on tens and 11 every day. Very, very important to look at that word as we cleaned up the past. And Julie, with that, I will pass. Thanks for your service this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. Okay, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who would like to share on what was read? Lulu L. Kelly S. Jerry P. Kelly S. You are now Melissa. Melissa P. Lulu L. Julie, did you get Kelly? Can you guys hear me? Lisa C. Kelly S. Yes, I got you. I got Lulu, Kelly, Jerry B, Melissa C, and then I got muted, so I'm not quite sure what was going on. So Janice P. Janice P. M. Thank you. Yes, you're first. Okay. Yes. Lisa C. Lisa C. Anyone else? If you instead your name at the first, you might want to. I have Lulu, Kelly, Jerry, I believe, Melissa, Janice, and Lisa. If you said your name earlier, if you can say it again. Okay, guess not. All right, let's start with Lulu and then Kelly S and Jerry B. Go ahead, Lulu. Okay, thank you, thank you. Can I be heard? Yes. Good, because my phone is doing this magical mute itself trick this morning. Thank you, thank you, Julie, for your service and everyone else who makes this meeting happen. My name is Lulu L. I am joyfully and gratefully recovered in Florida. I, I, as Harlan said, there is so much packed in these few sentences. The whole continue, continue, continue. We don't ever, I cannot ever let up. Because when it says when these crop up, not if, right, but when. Because for me, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear crop up over and over and over again. And I'm so grateful that I have a reference to, because I never thought I was selfish. I was like, I'm not selfish. But then I read, I'm playing the director, you know, that's pretty selfish. It, I had to have all that, all those things pointed out to me. You know, well, weren't you dishonest when you, whatever, fill in the blank, thinking you're better than other people? Oh, yeah. So I am grateful for others that taught me what selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear looks like. Now I know that not if these things crop up, but when these things crop up, I need to discuss them immediately. My sponsor has taught me that step 10 is the way to remain recovered. It's the way to not only help others, but to remain food sober. And so I I am so grateful for her and for all of you who have taught me that. 
I love this last sentence. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. I looked up resolutely. It says to do something in an admirably purposeful, determined, and unwavering manner. Wow, when I hold the mirror up to myself with those and measure myself with those words, it just causes me to grow in stature. Yes, I am going to do this thing in an admirably purposeful manner. Not that I always do, but that is the standard. And I'm going to be determined about it. I'm going to do it unwavering, which is definitely not my way of being every day. But that is my goal. That is the the blue ribbon. And then to be able to help others. Helping others is what keeps me food sober. Helping others is what gives me the joy that I have today. Helping others with God flowing through me is how I am able to keep away from all the stuff that I didn't keep away from for decades and decades and decades. And I feel clean and clear when I can help others. I don't want to shirk away from making outreach calls and I don't want to shirk away from sponsoring. I have time. I had time to eat, so I have time to help others. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, my beloved brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lulu. Next, we have Kelly S., followed by Jerry B. and Melissa C. Go ahead, Kelly. Hey, Jules. Thanks for your service. It's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, remember, you guys, when we were sharing on, um, we found out our true purpose to be a maximum of service to others. And I remember a fellow shared, um, I didn't want that to be my purpose. And then it says here, love and tolerance is our code. And I'm like, what does that have to be our code? So really, I'm, I'm realizing this program is about being nicer. I got to be nicer and think about other people. And this does not come easy for me. I just want to tell you guys. I know some people will share. I always thought I was a nice person. I, I never thought that about myself. So you know, living up to these things is going to be an ongoing uh, lifelong practice. The thing I really wanted to share about in this part we read was, um, that I see when people call me a lot, and for myself personally, it says, um, you know, continue to watch for these things when, of course, not if, like it says. The first thing it says is when these crop up, we ask God. So what does that mean? And we're told it, that means pray. It means pray. That's the first thing we do. We don't pick up the phone and get into the drama of it. Oh, my God, i got to do 10 steps of God. Oh, this is what they're telling me about. i got to do 10 steps, which is what I'll do. Plus, I just get into drama. And I want to get somebody on board with my drama. But I will have so many people call me and I'll say, did you pray? And they're like, well, no. I, I mean, and it's like we think, I think I have to go through the whole questions and then, okay, then I'll ask God. No, right away, we ask God at once to remove them. Then we'll go and discuss with somebody, okay? So I have to remember, right? The whole point of this thing is I'm getting a relationship with God. You know, we've entered the world of the spirit. So we do need our fellows, but first and foremost, the true solution is this power. So I have to go to power first, right? And then I'm going to go to you guys. And I think about this, you know, this, you know, we hear that you have to live in 10, 11, and 12. We have to grow in 10, 11, and 12. And I will tell you that's where I fell short when I, when I, um, when I relapsed after almost five years because, you know, it's vigorous and we have to continue this way. And all we're promised is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition, 
not how many um, tenth steps we're doing, not many, not how our food plan is, not all these things, but my tenth steps are to keep that path clear so that I have a good relationship and I'm living in the spirit. And living in the spirit is those, those promises. And people have talked about the bedevilments on 52 and the promises on 83 are um, the opposite. You can put them together and they're opposite. So you know, yesterday somebody shared that if you're not seeing the promises come true, well, if you're starting to see the bedevilments come back, right? So, you know, first, at once, God is the solution. And then I do this, but I got to stay, you know, vigorously commencing this. This is going to be a way of life, and I got to keep it cleaned up. And, uh, and love and tolerance is my code. All right, and my sponsor will probably share on that. Got to go. Thanks, Pat. Thank you, Kelly S. Next we have, I hope I got this right, Jerry B., followed by Melissa C., and Janice P.M. Go ahead, Jerry. Thank you for your service. I'm Jerry P. I, I'm a recovering compulsive overeater, and I live in the solution today. Uh, step 10 is probably the step that's changed my life the most. You know, there's actually a lot of research on um, spiritual sickness, let's say, and, and the neurological impact. But one of the things that they find is that people who are addicts or who are spiritually sick and need a program tend to have an extreme kind of selfishness, being locked into our own thoughts. So what I've found with Step 10 is that it's a way to think about my thinking. They call it metacognition. It's not about getting deeper into the thoughts and to the feelings that actually provoke the feelings of selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, but it's about intervening or seeking intervention. In this case, they said in the reading from God, you know, God has to intervene in my thoughts. Um, and as we stated before, step 11 is what what does that. You know, it's not very useful for me to think about um, context and situations in which I have no power to make any change. And that's what's so, what's so problematic when I get into thinking about resentments. The past is gone. It's like a canceled check. You know, the word resentment, I actually looked up the origin of it. Um, I also speak French. It means to re-feel. So what I'm doing when I get into these head spaces is re-experiencing the pain and the trauma. I'm not resolving the situation. Um, I also liked when it said to resolutely think about someone who can be helped, and there's more research on that. There's something called theory of mind that we often can't think about how other would, people would feel. You know, Isolation is a big part of it, too, being alone with ourselves. So if I can get out of my thoughts and get with someone else, I'm starting to feel pro-social emotions. You know, I'm starting to feel a sense of connection, um, usefulness that the big book talks about, but compassion. And also if the person has a problem that has a spiritual solution that I know about, I can share that um, message with them. So I'm really glad to have read this. You know, it's a reminder to be with the program as I'm with other people, as I'm not with other people. This isn't something that I read about or write about. It's about interrupting cycles. It's about interrupting my own actions using the program. And I'll pass. Thank you, Jerry P. And next we have Melissa C. followed by Janice P.M. Hey, good morning, Julie. Thanks for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, um, yeah, I mean, I love this part. <laughs> it's got, like, my, my favorite line, I think, that 
um, that love and tolerance is my code. And, you know, for me, why that's so um, powerful and so helpful is, um, well, I think it's just beautiful. <laughs> I think it's really beautiful that these 12 steps, um, I love and walk around the world and I think, gosh, I wish everybody had had this program in their lives because if the whole world had love and tolerance, my gosh, what a beautiful world it would be. And, um, you know, but, but my definition of tolerance has grown in this program because, um, you know, all the other things, right, the resentment, the fear, all those things, they, they crop up on a regular basis. And part of my issue, part of my big problem is I got a living problem. I have a problem, you know, I have a friend who says she can't just, you know, has an issue metabolizing sugar and flour. She has an issue metabolizing life. And that is my experience too. So, you know, the reason I need tolerance and love is I think about tolerance like a thicker skin. It's not just I'm going to tolerate all these people that are pissing me off in the world. But how about if my skin gets a little thicker so all those things actually don't piss me off? So all of those things, you know, I build a tolerance against. Not that I'm feeling against it, but a comfortable, you know, I'm comfortable with things more and more not going according to my little plans and my designs. And I found that out, you know, in step three, that my problem was I was in bondage to my little plans and designs. And, and every time they weren't coming to fruition, I would get worked up. I would get unhappy. And, you know, so this process is whenever I feel my little plans and designs bubble up inside of me, you know, I'm on the watch. I'm being selfish. I'm feeling resentful. You know, I'm having dishonesty. I'm having fear. And yes, I bring it to God, immediately to God. And I ask God, help me grow my skin a little bit thicker so that I can be more loving for your for your family, for your people. And um, I think it's just really great. My code is not fair. It's not right and wrong. It's not Melissa's way. It's actually to have love and tolerance. Um, thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. And next we have Janice P. followed by Lisa C. And good morning to you, Julia. Nice to hear you on the phone and leading our meeting. Um, my name is Janice P.M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater living in the state of Massachusetts. Um, you know, if we ask anybody, you know, that has relapsed, well, anybody, I mean, all the people that I've asked, most of them. Um, you know, what was the one thing that you stopped doing uh, when you picked up the food and blah, blah, blah? Well, of course, they never did, you know, they hardly ever did a step 10. Step 10, step 11, and, of course, going to meetings. So this is so, so important to to grow in this in this uh, program. I need to grow. I can't. It doesn't say anything about maintaining. Only a maintenance step, you know, and that's another uh, thing that people think. Oh, I'm maintaining. You are. Well, that's like a pool of uh, diseased water, dirty water. It's maintaining, and if it doesn't have an outflow, and it won't, it's just going to stay that way. 
So the thing I hear very, very much in my attitude that God has given me is the willingness to grow. And the willingness to grow for me is to study and, and, and uh, help somebody else, not just maintain and, and, you know, after the ninth step, oh, I'm all set now, you know, I did all that, you know. Um, and and when, when it says pray immediately, I usually ask my, you know, whoever asks me to do a 10th step, let's pray right now. Because they'll say, oh, yeah, okay, I'll pray immediately. And they go off and they don't pray. Um, so that's what I do. Um, and most of them are so grateful that, I, you know, that we both did that together. And, you know, um, <clears throat> the book does say that we must, we must keep in, spir- in fit spiritual condition. And how do I do that? I have to grow. Because if I don't grow, I'm going to go. And, uh, you know, I'm all spiritual development. I'm a student of that. I mean, I can't do this myself. I don't know. It doesn't come from me. It comes from my spirit, from my, I call my God, you know. And if more gifts, and I, my experience is I've gotten so many gifts um, were received by uh, the awakening that happens in my life. That's the only way. It's, con- it's the joy of continued spiritual awakening. I don't have a spiritual awakening and that's it. It continues and continues. If I keep doing this important step 10, it's ongoing. It's active studying and um, applying, of course, these principles each day. And uh, that's the importance is to... Uh, the willingness to continue, thank you, Julie, continuously depend on God and do this step. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice PM. And next we have Lisa C. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, thank you so much to everyone for this meeting. Um, thank you, God, for this beautiful paragraph that crystallizes everything that recovery and living in the solution means. And this is why we need to recover so quickly. We need to put the food down and get recovered so quickly because in my, in my experience, uh, that's not what happened. I put the food down and um, I was completely tormented for uh, almost eight months because um, I had not moved through the steps quickly enough um, and I didn't know any better. Um, and it was, it was very painful uh, to kind of, fall into a relapse that was kind of already destined to be. However, it was also a beautiful thing. I'm not upset um, with God. I actually think it was part of his design. I think that for me, um, you know, when I was a child, when I was a very small child, at some point I felt emotions in a pure way. I felt them, and they were either responded to or they resolved, and then I moved on. Um, And life gets really complicated and messy. I love the etymology of the word recovery. I know a lot of us are defining words this morning, but, you know, what it means to recover is to actually be in a state of shelter and protection again. So to me, that means that at some point in my existence, even if it was on the cellular level, because we sure know things can start going crazy, even inside the womb, um, but at some point I was 
completely protected and sheltered and one with my creator. That's how I see it. And at some point, there were disruptions, there were disturbances, uh, ongoing, catastrophic, traumatizing. So to me, recovery is that I am with my creator again. Where I once was, I'm restored. And I need to live in these solutions so that I don't go to the food, so that I don't fall victim to my character defects. Um, you know, I have, to, I have to accept the purity of my emotions, the purity of my feelings. They're there to teach me something. I am a sensual being. I have five senses. Sometimes the, the disturbance is something, uh, you know, I can't think of because I've perceived it in a sensual way in my body right? It's visceral. My body contains the history of my life. So I look for every opportunity to pray, every opportunity to pray. Um, I pray in my car. I was praying in my car before the, the meeting started. Um, I, whenever I feel something, I'm just talking to God in my head. I have to. I cannot live otherwise. Everything I do is with a prayer. And sometimes I think of that movie, What About Bob?, you know, when he's like, baby steps to the car, baby steps this, baby steps that. Well, that's me now. You know, um, that's me. It's, God, are you with me now? God, are you there? And, you know, sometimes I see myself as the kid in the car with God. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And what I realize um, is that God is just, oh, uh, God is just going to pull over and put his arms around me and say, we've always been there. You've always been with me. You're my child. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa C. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who would like to share on the paragraph that was read for the census? PC. Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Larry K. Pamela P. Larry K. Jennifer C. Jennifer C. Stephanie R. Anyone else? Stephanie R. Barbara G. Barbara G. All right, let's start with that. So we have Pete B. followed by Pamela P. Then Larry K. Go ahead, Pete. Thank you, Julie, for taking the meeting. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, you know, I love, I love this. Uh, the, the discussion of step 10, step 10 and the priority, right? You know, be, because, you know, the very first thing that we're supposed to be doing in step 10 is growing and understanding and effectiveness. And what, what do I have to understand? I have to understand that I am, the, I, am, I am the root of my problem. The dilemmas I have are my fault. I've got to understand what I have power over and what I don't have power over. You know, way back in step four, it says that when the spiritual malady is overcome, uh, we, we straighten out mentally and physically. It doesn't say anywhere in the big book that my problem is the buildup of emotions. It doesn't imply, it says our problems is selfishness and self-centeredness. The only warning we get about returning to the food or returning to drink is when we hurt others. That's the only place it warns where we could return to eating. 
So this idea, the, the, the very, when I do a step 10 with selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear crop up, I ask God to remove them because that's the source. That's what's going to, that, that's what removed the merciless obsession. That's what removed, that minimized and removed my defects of character. They didn't, they didn't come from processing my emotions, right? We, we have to be out of self-centeredness. We have to be out of selfishness and, pro, and looking within and trying to resolve them and processing them with another individual is only focusing on self. Last, last week in the second hour, on two occasions, we spoke about two words. We asked questions. We, we, we know what end means, and we know what if means. And this, these instructions clearly say, we go to God. We ask him to remove them. The step is done. We discuss it with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. So the, the, the idea, the implication that, well, I haven't finished a step 10 because I didn't discuss it with somebody, is absolutely false and contrary to the instructions that are clearly written in front of us. Because we know that N combines two things, and if is a condition, right? We, we have to transition our unhealthy reliance on other people into our dependence and absolute reliance on God. Because God, the higher power, is what makes these things right. It restores us to sanity. And the fact that I can't, or this idea that I'm unable to process basic feelings is not healthy, and it's maladjustment, right? So I go to my God. My God writes the ship. I straighten out spiritually, and then I straighten out physically and emotionally. My problem is me. My thoughts, my actions, my, my, all of my efforts have to go out of me and focus on helping someone else. The magic in step 10 is not the fact that I was able to process my emotions with you. The magic in step 10 is that I, got, I found out what the, the problem is and right. I focused my attention on somebody I can help. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete. Next, we have Pamela P. followed by Larry K. Go ahead, Pamela. Yes, hi, this is Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Yeah, from what I got from that paragraph is, um, it, is there a time to accept um, who you are and, you know, and you always accept other at day and that you must um, try to be something that you're not, that's not good, and also accept other as they are. And, you know, the key, um, the the main focus is to keep your recovery no matter what, and that it um it a joint effort. You know, you must put all of yourself in the program one hundred percent, and you must accept other as themselves. They can't be no one else. And I'm just I'm just going through so I'm really thinking because um I. I feel like I'm getting very close to the recovery God wants me to have, that I had in the past. And when you're not into the food, your mind not clouded, thing is so clear. And it's not going to be easy, but nothing never, God never promised that everything was going to be easy. He always promised that he will always be there for us, no matter what. 
longer it aligns with his will. So I'm I'm just praying and I I can't turn to the food for anything except nourishment. Enough to the food. The food is the food is just nourishment. That always is. And it can't be nothing else. It God, it program, it the fellowship, it my sponsor. And eating my partner. So I'm just praying to God that I don't pick up no matter what. And it is definitely a wee program. The fellowship been amazing to me. And just for today, not to add up with the food and the food thoughts. And for that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. Next, we have Larry Kay, followed by Jennifer C. Hey, Julie, good morning. I'm Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsory reader from Chicago. Good morning. Um, I don't want to do 10 steps. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Um, they're, not, they're not comfortable. Um, and so I didn't for a long time in OA. Now, I was thin. Oh, I looked okay. I looked pretty snazzy in my, my threads. Um, on paper, I looked pretty good. But when I look back... Um, I found all sorts of ways to justify not doing step 10. No, no, number one, um, the biggest one was no one else was doing them. <laughs> no one else. I mean, if you ask someone, what are the instructions of step 10 and in the 12-step rooms, my experience was um, we've got a lot of hyperbole and just stuff. Um, and um, so I didn't do them. And and, my, and I justified that. See, I outsourced the set. I don't like cutting my grass, although I like my grass cut. I don't like cleaning my home, although I like a clean home. So I outsourced that. You can't do that with the steps I have found. I can't outsource the step work to God. You know, otherwise, that priest and rabbi and none that I know are new, they wouldn't be dead today because they, they went to God all the time. And I, I have no doubt they had a beautiful relationship with God, but the disease killed them. They're dead, and they're not coming back. And if I sound a little frustrated with that, I am. So, yes, God, the other thing is I didn't want to discuss with other people. It had nothing to do with emotional buildup or anything like that. I didn't want to do it because I was prideful. I'll go to God directly. I'll go to God first, of course. And it is. This is a program about establishing and building upon that relationship. But it was my ego and my pride. It was. It really was. And you know what? I told on myself, you would have heard arrogance and lack of warmth and compassion and how I dealt with you. And, oh, did I speak with such wonderful authority and I could put a sentence together. But really, I think the world was probably looking at me as just my guess and how I was treating other people and how I was speaking to them and was there warmth and kindness that, that only could be instilled by by a, a relationship with God. Can I love other people right where they're at? Not as long as I wasn't willing to look at myself. I intellectualized and analyzed everything. Today I follow these instructions imperfectly and I could be a little better person and be a little warmer to others. Attraction rather than promotion, right? What's attractive about an arrogant person that I was? I think more so. Not much, not much. So very grateful for your shares, you guys, for helping me. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Uh, next, we have Jennifer C., followed by Stephanie R., and then Barbara G. Go ahead, Jennifer. 
Hi, good morning. This is Jennifer C. in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, may I be heard? Yes. Great, thank you. Um, so, you know, when I when I hear all the shares and I and I, I take a look at my own experience with this step, I realize that you know my real insanity is imbalance, right? You know, one of the definitions of the word sanity is balance, and my tendency is imbalance. My my tendency can be to you know only rely on my fellows, do do 10, 10 steps, get worn out on the phone and be completely out of balance by the end of the day because I've made no conscious contact, right? And one of my favorite people in this program reminds me that, you know, if I really truly take a step, if I really truly take a step, I should feel my other foot go into the next step, right? And so 10 should really lead me into 11 very beautifully. And so then I become uh, naturally able to then turn my attention to service once again, carrying this message, right? Because now I have um, shaken off whatever that rock in my, in my shoe uh, was. And the thing is, for me, self-delusion is prevalent constantly. The stories that I tell myself, and yes, this big book is beautiful and word for word is, is what, is what we're doing here, right? Line by line. But we have been given such a gift because things have evolved also, right? So like we now see dishonesty as, you know, not just have I stolen something, but what story am I telling myself about the situation? Because self-delusion is always there. And if it's not with the food, then it's just with all the other stuff that my brain is going to lie to me about. So where is the story dishonest? What's the, what's the lie? What's the lie that I'm telling myself? And I love the inconsiderate, you know, have I considered blank? Have I considered blank? I'm one that um, tried to do 10 steps solo. Ask God. Ask God. All, all it says is ask God. Just ask God. He'll remove it. Ask God, he'll remove it. Just go serve somebody. Go focus your attention on someone you can help. And here's what happened. I was getting crazier and crazier because things were building up. And that's my experience. So it's all about balance for me. And, um, and that really, you know, that really means that I, I, I need 10 and I need 11 and I need 12. And I need that prayer and meditation so that God can can really go deeper with me. And I do believe that the 10 steps can get super self-centered. And I think that's why it's all about balance. So thank you everyone for your shares. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer C. Next we have Stephanie R. followed by Barbara G. Good morning. This is Stephanie R. from Missouri. Very grateful to be here. And it's such a beautiful thing that I heard this today because I had a really uncomfortable 10 step I had to do yesterday. Um, it, it was really an eye-opening experience for me because I found that what I was really anxious and, and uncomfortable and angry about was my selfishness. Um, I wanted things to go in a way that was comfortable for me. I, I was having issues with my sister's um, son, and um, 
I saw myself being extremely manipulative and not even understanding anyone else's point of view. And when I did my 10th step, I was able to say, um, first I prayed, but I was able to say, you know, I, I just, I'm very angry, I'm sad, I'm upset, and I saw myself and just, I never, ever before coming into this program thought of myself as a selfish person. I, I mean, I would give anyone anything, but it was to my benefit also. It was to make me feel better. And when I came into program, I really saw that a lot of my motivation was to make myself feel better, to make myself feel more comfortable. And that's why I turned to the food, too. And it's the clarity of being out of the food and it's coming to program and understanding that God has a plan. It may not be comfortable for me to see how this plan unfolds, but this is God's plan, and I must accept it graciously and humbly and understand that I'm very, very grateful that I have people that I can talk to, a program that I can rely on, and my higher power that guides me every single day as long as I get my ego out of the way. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Next we have, oh, that was Stephanie R. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Next we have Barbara G. Yes, hi. Thank you for your service. And uh, my name is Barbara G. I'm calling from Paris. And uh, I am extremely grateful to this meeting, to the Step 10, to every and each share that I've heard. I uh, I have a, an experience to share that is uh, that just happened this morning, and um, how uh, often do I need to hear that I need to go to God first and uh, ask for help, and how often do I need to hear? that I need the help of my fellows to uh, make my higher power's voice be heard even more from me. Uh, This morning, I uh, plans did not go as I had expected. I had connected to my higher power. I was ready for the day. But then things were not turning the way I expected. And... uh, um and there was also a uh, a beverage that I was having these last few days that was giving me more thoughts than it should have had and uh, um it was incredibly uh, uh, not scary but it was uh, how quickly things were turning out of control this morning really struck me and uh, thank God, I didn't have uh, the lucidity to go to God first, but I did have the lucidity to just send a couple of reach out texts and ask for help. And uh, <clears throat> I did, uh, by the grace of my higher power, realize that that beverage that I was having must be put down because it was just giving me too many thoughts. And uh, and then it's incredible how, and this is what I wanted to share today, that that's when I started to hear my heart's power's voice again. That beverage, as in, in innocent as it could look, it was taking 
space in my brain that was not available for me to connect to my higher power in a situation, in a moment where I needed because it was stressful because I traveled back to Europe yesterday. I had sales and plans today and uh, people didn't show up. So it was challenging today. And uh, my share really today is to say that as a compulsive overeater, my attention must go first and foremost to abstinence, abstinence because if it's not crystal clear, my brain can really easily get um, messed up. And then once I have that, I have access to God. All the 10 steps in the world are available to me. I have to go to him first. And the, the gracious health, thank you, and the gracious health of my fella allows me also to be on the line here and share this experience with you and just prepare myself for the rest of the day as best as I can. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Barbara G. We have time for one more share. Who would like to take that? Pedro B. All right, Pedro, go for it. Yeah, good morning. Thanks, everybody, for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us. Uh, um, yeah, I think for me, this is the key to uh, my program today. The work continue. That is the answer for me. You know, I'm I'm not cured of alcoholism. What I really have is a daily repeat contingent on my spiritual condition. So I need to work on this every day. Uh, you know, if I let up, this disease will take over. You know, and 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 my disease is my spiritual malady. Spiritual malady is my selfishness and centeredness. Not only my ego, not my amigo. My ego is my enemy. So I need to bite into the goodness. I need to go bite into the into the power. I need to continue, uh, you know, going to the power because left to my own devices, I'm dead. I'm a dead man walking, you know. And uh, I want to live today. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Pedro, very much. Okay, today's share ID for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,325. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Lulu L. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, Lulu L. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. 
May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.